Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm gonna show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Year, session number 403. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Now, welcome to The Pre-Med Years. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. I'm excited that you are here. Today, I have a fun episode. I love doing these every now and then where I just jump on Facebook Live or Instagram Live and just do Q&A. So that's what we are going to do today. We're going to jump in and go to the questions. I want to let you know that I'm excited about what's going on with MAPT. As of last week, all of the 800 plus students who pre-ordered mapped i'll have access to it now and things seem to be moving along pretty smoothly nothing has blown up just yet Uh, we're adding new schools every day Uh, schools including what i mean by that is when you sign up and you say hey i went to the university of florida i go to the university of florida what we have done is we are going out and getting the course catalogs for all of those schools so that when you go and enter your courses you're selecting from a pre-populated list and not just randomly entering in data and what that will allow us to do in the future is really as new students come on is really go hey the majority of students from the University of Florida take these classes, right? Chem 2045, Chem 2046, 2045 lab, 2046 lab, etc. Or in, in again, in the future, when we have better relationships with the pre-health advisors at the schools, we can go, hey, the pre-health advisor at your school, welcome, welcome to MAPT, the pre-health advisor at your school says, here are the classes that you should take or maybe you should have taken already. Do you want to add these to your list? And we'll be able to to really dive into the data. We'll be able to to then parse that data and go, hey, you know what, that, that 2045 class that you took, that's a 
that's a science class for, for AMCAS, for TMDSAS, for ACOMAS. We'll be able to get down into the nitty gritty. So much fun stuff happening at MAPT. Go check it out, mapt.com, M-A-P-P-D.com. Let's go ahead and jump into the Q&A. All right, so first question up, the lovely and talented smile and pre-med. What are you hearing about the cycle from the medical school's side, especially with all the work from SEA? Uh, I do know that... Um, from from some sources that the SEA's letter and their their threats uh, are being taken seriously and and are quote unquote a pain in the butt, uh, which is good. Uh, I think what the SEA has done is phenomenal. A nice grassroots organization. I actually posted about them uh, in a, a private COVID Facebook group. Right, it's it's related to COVID with everything going on. So I was like, hey, let's let's look at. Um, posting in here and see if physicians can get on board and potentially use their voice. And a lot of physicians were on board with n- not liking it. There were some physicians that are like, suck it up. You're going you're gonna to be in harm's way as a physician, so you might as well do it now, which I completely disagree with, and it completely lacks empathy and just everything else. But anyway, um, yeah, so d- I haven't heard a ton other than that. I don't know what's going to happen. My heart of heart tells me nothing's going to change. I think the AAMC has really put their, their, uh, um, put a line in the sand, foot in the ground, whatever you want to, however you want to say it. And, and really dug into not doing anything different. Uh, the letter that they released last week was an abomination saying that the the they don't want to cancel the MCAT because it's a it it is a disservice to underserved and disadvantaged or uh, underrepresented and disadvantaged students saying that it helps them which is complete baloney directly from the AAMC's own data that shows that minority students do horrible on the test compared to their white and um and asian counterparts so that was disgusting. Uh, and and then to have another letter, which I haven't verified, right? I'm not, I'm not a news source. I don't go and verify these things. But I saw a, a potential email from someone inside the AAMC saying, oh, yes, the MCAT perpetuates system, systemic racism, et cetera, which is a complete contra, uh, it's completely contrary to what the the open letter said. So, um, right. And you, you you look at that open letter and you go, Hey, the open letter also states that uh, that they don't want to rem- they don't want to move to a remote MCAT because it's a disadvantage for students who don't have access. Yet three weeks prior, however many weeks prior, they're like, "Hey, look, we have this new virtual interview platform, Vita." which guess what you need to access Vita? You need access. You need internet access. You need a quiet place to be. Not every student lives in a McMansion and has three empty rooms to choose from to to do Vita. And so it's just, they're completely bass backwards about everything they're doing right now. And they can't can't help themselves for, for anything. So... Uh, who is your favorite Florida Gator football player? Ooh, completely off topic. Tim Tebow. Come on. Everybody loves Tim Tebow. <laughs> um, 
All right, what else? No next up MCAT passages last week on YouTube. No, we're uh, we're behind on the MCAT podcast, so I'm sorry. We'll uh, we'll get back to that soon. Uh, I was actually just emailing with Phil. We'll hopefully get some of those recorded soon. How do you feel about the MMI? Interesting question, right? I love the MMI, and I want you to love the MMI. The MMI is uh, the multiple mini interview for those who don't know. And if you don't know, I have a book all about the interview process over there on Facebook and here on Instagram. Uh, it doesn't go into the MMI much because I didn't, I didn't really think it needed to. Uh, the MMI is if you take it seriously, but you also have fun, it's easy. The goal of all medical school interviews is to see how well you communicate That's all. They already know you're awesome. You were invited for the interview to begin with. So if if you are worried about proving yourself in an interview, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Focus on, does this person want to go on a cross-country trip with me? Right? That's the test. Right? I always say for like residency interviews, am I going to want to work with this person for the next uh, three years, four years, five years? Do I want to go on a cross-country trip with this person? Those are great things to ask yourself and and to really think about the goal of the interview process. The MMI, obviously, scenario-based, so you need to think through the scenario. There is a very popular MMI book, which unfortunately isn't my book because it's not written yet. Uh, I do have an MMI book in the works. It's been in the works for a long time, like many of my books, unfortunately. Um, and the popular MMI book, I don't like. When I do mock interviews with students, I know almost all the time when they have read that book and when they are using the skills from that book. The book teaches a framework. And as soon as I start hearing that framework, I know that the student probably isn't going to do very well because they're just rehearsing a framework. And and sometimes they do well and that's great. But a lot of times what happens is it adds extra stress because you're so worried about the framework that you're actually not thinking about the answer. So you have to be careful with that. Go in right? Think about the scenario. What is it really asking me? What is it saying? What do I need to think about? Remember that there's no right and wrong answers. Most of the time, the question comes down to what is your thought process behind what you are doing? So focus on those things. Good question here. How do you feel about do-yourself post-bac at a community college for financial reasons and GPA booster? So super common question, right? Especially for students who need to fix their their undergraduate performance. Obviously, community college for most students is going to be cheaper than staying at their four-year institution and obviously much cheaper than doing a private, or not a private, like a, a private post-bac or, or more formal post-bac rather, uh, or even a, a special master's program or, or any other sort of master's program. And so what you have to to think about is really... Uh, did you do all of your courses at a four-year institution and you didn't do super well and you're going back or, or maybe you didn't do any science classes and you're going back and you're doing it at a community college because that's what works financially and that's what works um, uh, with schedule, right? Especially for non-treads who are working, et cetera. That's fine. Just understand that there may be some schools out there that aren't going to like it. 
Where community college really comes into play and potentially is a red flag is are you bouncing in between your four-year college and your community college trying to find the best slash easiest classes slash professors to take? When you do poorly in your physics class at your four-year university, then you go take physics at a community college and you do well, then that's there. there's some questions there, right? Why did you do that? And, and uh, is that grade really representative of your potential in medical school? So there's, there's some question, questions as well. Uh, good question here. Is there such thing as applying late in this cycle, that, like late August or early September? This cycle, you know what? I, I think if you're applying late August, early September, you're probably still fine. I still would try to submit your application as soon as possible. There's zero reason not to just submit your application to one school unless that $170, $180 uh, for that one school specifically is going to be a barrier for you. Um, then, then obviously don't, if you're waiting for an MCAT score, you're waiting to see if your MCAT score is going to be competitive before you click submit, then, then potentially wait. Um, I, I don't think there's any, uh, any reason to, to not wait in that case. Uh, I think, uh, obviously the earlier you submit your application, the earlier your application can be verified the AMC. Uh, again, in this case, the MC is horrible with how long it takes to turn around applications. And yes, it's a lot of work. The uh, ACOMIS application through Liaison, which is the, the company that services uh, ACOMIS, they turn around applications and verify applications within days. So there's no reason that AMCAS can't do it. They just choose not to have good systems in place or have the right manpower to do it. So uh, everything is solvable with money and uh, it takes hiring more people and having better systems. And for some reason, AMCAS and the AMC hasn't done that for verifying applications. And so who's, who's disadvantaged because of that? Well, it's students potentially who aren't as prepared, who are struggling with the MCATs and waiting to submit an application and, and so on and so forth. So it's just more barriers and, and more issues at every step of the way that MCAS loves to throw in, in and AMC. Um, sorry, this, this is what wasn't meant to turn into a giant, uh, complain fest about AMC, although it'd be very easy to do a whole episode like that. It's one of the reasons I haven't really done any YouTube videos lately either. Uh, just with time and stress and everything else, I haven't really thought about what I want to talk about. And the times I do want to talk about, like I want to talk about AMC Vita. I want to talk about everything that's going on with AMC. But every time I think about talking about them, all I do is get angry. Um, and so I'm like, I, I can't do, I can't do uh, a video about that. So uh, does getting your pre-med education really matter if it's done at a community college versus a university? It potentially does, right? It potentially does. There are, there are some schools that are going to question it. At the end of the day, the question is, what is your whole, what is your whole application look like? If you go to community college and do a lot of your prereqs there and you get A's, great. And then you go to your four-year university to finish out your degree and you don't take any more senior, uh, like, upper level classes and you don't get great grades, right? You get B's and some C's maybe. 
you go, well, my my prereqs are great. I have a 4.0. But the admissions committee may look at that and go, well, the 4.0 is at community college. And as soon as you tried to step it up, like step it up at the the uh, four-year university, your grades weren't nearly as good and you didn't take upper division classes to prove you you had this solid foundation to begin with. So um, there, it's, there's lots of things to think about when it comes to community college, but big picture community college is fine. It's everything else that kind of fits around that as well. Uh, how can I find out which schools are favorable to non-trads. I'm not a fan of trying to figure that out. I, I think it potentially changes from year to year, um, just depending on who's on the admissions board and the admissions committees and everything else. Uh, I, I wouldn't try to uh, try to figure that out. I, I certainly don't keep a list or think about that at all. Oh, wait, what is this about? <laughs> Welcome to the party. Uh, what is your advice for late MCAT takers who were forced to schedule other dates and are also applying the cycle? Turn in your application now. If you think you're going to score potentially around where you want to score, turn in your application now to one school, this, this one school game, which I didn't used to like, but now I understand it and I'm okay with it. Uh, submit it to one school, one school only, and take your MCAT. And in between those two weeks of taking the MCAT and getting your score, write all of the secondary essays as much as you can to all of the other schools that you are going to add to your list when you get your score back and you crush the MCAT. Okay? So yes, go. What's up, Federico? If you want uh, some amazing art, go check out Federico. He's up in the, the Instagram notes. Um, how many times can you take the MCAT? Seven now is the lifetime uh, number that you can take. Do you think the COVID link will continue through January? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. The way our country's going, yes. Every other country, no. Uh, anyway. Uh, what are your top MCAT tips for people who are failing to improve their score? It's a good question. So the every step along the way, everything is about self-reflection. The question is, why are you specifically not improving your score, right? I can poll 10 students and have 10 different reasons for why their scores aren't improving. They're, they're focusing too much on practice tests and not review, right? They do, oh, I took five practice tests this week, but they're not actually reviewing the test to see what they did right, what they did wrong, and, and what they should study on in between the practice tests. Right, potentially you have test anxiety and you need to work on some mindfulness and some breathing exercises and stuff like that to to help with that. Maybe you have some sort of learning disability, undiagnosed learning disability. I have this discussion uh, discussion a lot with students who are like, "Oh, like thanks for thanks Dr. Gray for telling me to go see uh someone about my my scores uh and my, and my grades. I had dyslexia and I never knew it." So there are a million and one reasons why scores aren't improving. At the end of the day, you have to remember that a, a very common mistake that students make is focusing too much on content and not enough on the strategies behind the MCAT. The MCAT is a test to see how well you do on the MCAT. That's it. Yes, you have to know all of the material, but if all you do is study the material and you don't study the MCAT, then you potentially will struggle. 
Um, all right, good question here on Facebook. I have an upward trend, 354040, all science heavy for my last three semesters. Is that enough of an upward trend to attempt to apply or should I go for a post-bac or SMP? It's a great upward trend. I think potentially the question is, well, what's the current, right? What's your cumulative and, and science GPA total? Um, 354040, obviously awesome also, how many credits is that, right? If it's only five credits every semester, then that's not a ton. That's not great either. So again, some, some half answers uh, for some half questions. There, there are lots of things that go into that. Um, the, oh man, so many. So many, so many. What are my thoughts on sports resuming? Um, I don't think football is going to happen. There's just too much close contact there. Baseball's obviously doing all right. Um, smile and pre-med. Would it be appropriate to talk about MCAT low score in the COVID essay and how COVID led to a low score? I don't know. The, the question is, how does COVID lead to a low score? That's the question, right? Did COVID make you forget things? Did COVID... Um, did Obviously, I understand, right? COVID caused lots of stress and lots of cancellations. And right, if if, if you talk to a marathon runner and go, hey, I, I know you were on this schedule to run the marathon, right? And if you've never run a marathon or a half marathon, you train for those races and you train certain miles every week leading up to your race. And that's just like the MCAT studying, at least for students who are successful, is they really have a plan laid out in front of them to do well. And just like being told, oh, the MCAT's canceled, you you now have to test in two months, that completely throws off your study skills, study habits, studying, and uh, and and really just mentally is is super frustrating. Like I thought I was going to be done with this, and now I have to sit and wait. And now and now what do I do? If I just keep studying how I'm studying, I'm going to forget everything from the beginning, and 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 I'm just going to have to do all this stuff. Can it be done? Sure, students are doing it left and right. Is it stressful for a lot of students? Yes. Are our students uh, scoring worse because of it? Of course. Um, is it something that I think should go in a COVID essay? You you can put it in there and potentially uh, lay out, here's what I was doing in my full-length exams prior to the MCAT. But again, the question will come down, will come down to, well, if you were doing that in your full-length exams before the MCAT, why didn't it translate to the MCAT? What, what was missing there? So um, just be careful with that. Um, really at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is as long as it doesn't look like an excuse, uh, and more just some, some reasoning, which it's a fine line. It's a very, very similar thing, but, but can be a, a fine line there as well. Oh man, I stutter. Would it make sense to announce that at the beginning of my interview? Is that a disqualifier? So here's right. Thanks for bringing up Vita and my hatred of, of what the AMC is doing. In my mind, right, and, and I'm going on this little tangent because I just want to talk about it. Vita is a complete just waste of everyone's time. It's something that the WMC has been working on for a while. Uh, it's something that's already failed. The emergency medicine residencies 
uh, trialed it a few years ago and said the program directors was like, it's not useful for us. The, the rest the resident applicants, residency applicants, the, the medical students said, this is a waste of our time. Um, so it's already failed in that respect. And yet the WMC is now rolling it out to, to medical school applicants and it's free this year. They're going to charge for it next year, uh, most likely. And so then they're just, Right. I, I, keep, I keep trying to uh, come up with new new uh, names for the AAMC, like always asking for more cash uh, is um, AAMC. So uh, there's some R-rated ones, too, that I've come up with. But um, the stutter, right? The, the Vita, in my mind, all Vita does is increases the the ability for the risk of implicit and explicit bias in the interview oh like vita is is a video interview if you don't know what vita is it stands for um i don't even know virtual interview testing i don't even know let me see i hate it so much i forget what it means um video interview tool for admissions uh that's what it stands for it's a video interview and i i actually have a similar platform uh, that I do my, my, uh, like it's called the anytime mock interview platform where you just log into the system. It's me on video asking you questions and then you record yourself with your webcam. That's what, that's what Vita is. Uh, except I think it's, it's not video questions. I think it's just a written scenario. I think, um, but it's video and guess what happens on the video? You show yourself, they can hear your stutter. They can see that you're overweight. They can see that you're black or brown. And all of these implicit biases were, are going to come into play and go, oh, I don't like the way she talks. Oh, I don't like the pitch of her voice. Oh, he has a stutter. Oh, they're black. Like all of these biases are going to come into play that don't need to be there. That's what secondary essays are for. Why are they doing a video assessment when they have secondary essays to ask you the same freaking questions? So. I hate Vita. Now, going back to the question about a stutter, would it make sense to announce that? I don't think so. Uh, it, it's it's up to you, right? I would treat the interview just like you would treat real life. Like if, if you were introduced uh, to a new group of friends, would you go out and say, hey guys, by the way, I stutter, so just work with me? Or do you just let it play out and go, you know what? They're gonna find out I have a stutter and it is what it is. I, I think I would play it out how you normally would play it don't don't change it up for the interview right and ideally these are medical professionals or professionals in general right and remember that it's not just physicians who are interviewing it's physicians it's phds it's nurses it's potentially lawyers um it, it can be lots of people from the community who who aren't physicians um and you just hope that they're going to be okay with uh with everything but again uh especially right now and i'm gonna put an asterisk on that because right now what do we have a far majority of schools, and I don't know of any schools yet that have announced that they're doing in-person interviews, which I'd be shocked if anyone does, but they will. They're still doing the MCAT, so why not do in-person interviews too? Um, right now, it depends on how bad your stutter is. Guess what happens with virtual interviews? 
bad lag, right? Buffering. <laughs> you have the the pixelated person and some some stuttering in the audio that comes with the just bad internet connections. And so potentially you say, hey, by the way, I have a stutter. It's not always going to be, right? I, I don't, I have a great internet connection. I do have a stutter. So, so if I'm stuttering, just hang with me and we'll get through this, right? Potentially you can do that too. Oh, um, yeah. Let's dig deeper here. All right. Preach. Yes, Kylie, preach. Um, from what the Med School Admissions Podcast by Case Western said that schools are using veto with interviews but not to screen applicants. If you're going to use it for interviews, why not just interview? It's, it's an extra step of the process. It's uh, more barriers. It's going to cost more money next year. In my mind, it's completely useless and just uh, a way to to get the double AMC to make more money. Uh, you should make your own double AMC and take over. Trust me, I have been thinking about it. Um, all right, I think I'm going to end there. I do have to jump on another Facebook Live in two seconds for Mapped, which again, if you haven't checked out yet, M-A-P-P-D.com. I know a bunch of you earlier on in the Instagram live stream specifically said that, that you guys love Mapped, so a few of you are in there using it. Um, go check it out. It's an awesome tracking navigation tool with so many awesome features coming soon to really help guide you on your journey. Again, MAPPD.com. It should go live here in just a few weeks, which is great. Thank you all for hanging out with me today as I ranted about the AMC and uh, how horrible they are and how they need new leadership. So that's what I got for you. Signing off. Have a great one. This is MedEd Media.